Welcome to Totalus Rankium. This week, Elagabalus. Hello and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. Now I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus, episode 26, Elagabalus. Elagabalus. Now, we we just had a bit of a... Chat. A chat a few minutes ago, <laughs> didn't we? Yeah, uh, the pronunciation, or pronunciation, <laughs> is... Uh, I like it. Yeah, it's debatable. Well, we're going to go for Elagabalus. Elagabalus, it sounds funnier. Yeah. yeah. Elagabalus. Oh, you could say it that way. Elagabalus, oh, no. <laughs> I've just finally got a hand of Ella, Ella Gabalus. I'm, I'm going to say Elagabalus. Uh, That's what I'm going to say. This is going to be painful. This is why he goes down in history as not a very good emperor. No one could say his name. <laughs> it just annoyed people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Before we start, let's have a quick look at the family tree. Oh, yes. There we go. Just uh, for the listener's benefit, just explain the family tree and... Um, I will actually put that up on the WordPress site this week. We'll photograph it as well. So we've got, um, it starts off with Severus, married to Julia D. Domna. Julia Domna. And her sister, Julia Mesa. Julia Domna and Severus have two children. Um, the loving, caring Caracella. Yeah. And the incredibly effective Getter. Yes. And Julia Mesa had two children as well. Had uh, two Julias, which is confusing. And... Uh, one one of the children, Julia S, had a boy called Bassianus, <laughs> and Julia M, uh, Julia Mace's other daughter, had. <laughs> this is why I don't present the show. Had a son called Alexandria. Alexander. Alexander, yes, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I've written it wrong. Okay, why? If if you were listening to that and following, it was well, riveting. Why would that uh, not be? <laughs> look look at the image. It'll be fine. Right. The key part to remember for this week is Julia Mesa has two daughters called Julia. Yes. And they both each have a son called Bassianus and Alexander. Ooh, tension? We will see. Ooh. Let's go into it. So, Elagabalus. He was born in around 203 CE. Okay. We don't know when exactly, so let's say April the 18th. That's a great day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so born on April the 18th, 203 CE, as yes. various Abitus Bassianus. His mother, as we've just said, is Julia S., real name Julia Soameus. And the father, who I didn't tell you the name last week because it wasn't hugely important, but let's give it anyway, is Sextus Varius Marcellus. Sextus. Yes, nice. these two have two children. Yes. They have a mystery child. I'll put a question mark. And Bassianus. Okay. Yeah. So the uh, the mystery child we know nothing about apart from the fact that the mystery child's name is the same name as its grandfather. Severus. No, another grandfather. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and we don't know the grandfather's name. Ah. Oh. So, yeah, it's not George. very helpful. George. So you've got George. Uncle George. And Bassianus. So, Bassianus's grandmother, Julia Mesa, was sister-in-law to Severus. Yes. And this made the family very important in Syria. And rich. Yes. And rich. Yes, hey. definitely. They were, most, they were the most prominent family in Syria. Apart from the relation to the imperial family, they also held the hereditary rights to the priesthood of the sun god, Elagabal. 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 Does he talk a lot? 
<laughs> I think he's a goose god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah. We'll go into the god Elagabal later. Right, early life of Elagabalus. During Caracalla's reign, Elagabalus, its father, died in around 215. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't old then. No. 12. Presumably his brother, was it George we called him, yeah. um, died around this time as well. Oh. Yeah. So again, sad. another emperor's parents die quite early. Yeah, so no dad, no brother, but mother's still around, Julia S, and grandmother's still around, Julia Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. As a child, Elagabalus was made a priest, and he would take part in ceremonies despite his youth, and he took it very seriously indeed. And this is for Elagabal. Yes. Elagabal. Elagabal. Yeah, he, he really did take this seriously. Ooh. There was no messing about. Not when it came to Elagabal. Not when it came to Elagabal. <laughs> <laughs> I will get used to saying that. Right. In 217, Caracalla was murdered. Yes. Elagabalus was in Antioch with his mother and his grandmother at the time, aged 13. It's doubtful he would have really had known what was going on. Yeah. But definitely not the ins and outs. He was still a child. Right. However, things would have hit home a little bit when um, his grandmother's sister, Julia Domna, commits suicide. Yes. And then Elagabalus's entire family are banished from Antioch sent back to their hometown of Emesa. So Julia Mesa, her two daughters, the two Julias, and Elagabalus and his cousin Alexander yeah. all set off to Emesa together. Okay. Probably weeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Elagabalus then carries on performing his duties as a priest. Good. While his grandmother schemed ah, yeah, and cause raged. Because she... <laughs> she wants revenge for her sister. She does want and revenge. And her nephew. And if there's one thing I've learnt in the last month or so, you don't annoy a Severan woman. Ooh, no. no. At this time, Elagabalus had a tutor named Ganes. I did mention Ganes last week. Is he the dance teacher? No. Music teacher? No. <laughs> He's the one that took control of the army, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yes. Elagabalus's tutor. Yeah. Yeah, so, and he took up charge of the army, as we're about to find out. At the moment, he is just his tutor, though. He was a eunuch in charge of education, but also he was very clever and ambitious, and apparently a very... what's the word? Charismatic, there we go. That took a while, didn't yeah. it? Sorry. I'll edit out that huge <laughs> search for a word. Yeah, so... um yeah, so there's Ganny's being all charismatic and Julia Mesa, and together they start to hatch a plot that would overthrow Macrinus. Yay. They sat in a dark room cackling all night long. <laughs> Until one said, we should really come up with a plan, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this has been a good bout of laughing, but what are we going to do? Get the blackboard out. <laughs> yeah. So, Julia Mesa starts spreading the rumour. This is stage one. The rumour, stage one, is that Elagabalus is actually the illegitimate son of Caracalla. Ooh. Now, what Julia S. thought about this is unknown. Because in order for that rumour to work, that means Julia S. would have had mm. to have been having an affair with Caracalla. It doesn't reflect Cousin. brilliantly on her. No. No. But Julia Mesa obviously realised that this was worth it. It sort of limits the gene pool a bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, there is the whole cousins marrying thing as well. And I, and I guess if, you know, if we find out Elagabalus is a bit crazy, 
<laughs> they probably have some legitimacy to that claim. Oh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Assumably, Julia S. decides that the slight on her virtue was actually worth it to become the Empress. Fair so she goes for it in the end. So, rumour gets spread, and once the rumour starts to spread, Julia Mesa approaches the nearby Third Legion. There's a legion happens to be nearby, so she just rocks up one night, says, who's in charge? A man called Comazon comes out. Do I need to write his name down? Um, yeah, go on then. So, Comazon, or Comazon, is there. He's in charge of the Third Legion. He listens to this crazy old lady for a bit and thinks, yeah, you know what? I could get behind some of this. Yeah. So he turns the entire legion to Julia Mace's side. That's persuasive conversationing. Yes, I'm guessing hmm. the conversation went something along the lines of, before I say anything, here's a massive bag of gold. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah. So she's now got some soldiers. Mm. And on the 16th of May, 218, the Third Legion declares Elagabalus as emperor. Ooh, okay. How old is he at this point? 14. Why, he's very young. He is the youngest so far. Ooh. Nero was 16, if you remember. He's yes. our youngest so far, so 14. Oh, we had ages until we get another one so young. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Macrinus, by this point, hears of the news, and if you remember, dispatches his Praetorian prefect to kill Elicabalus. Yes. Yes. And bring back his head. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> As we covered last week, it doesn't work. Ulpius's troops failed, and it's actually the prefect's head that gets sent back yeah. to Macrinus. Imagine his son opening it, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so close, he called him Uncle Ulpius. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. Daddy, Uncle Ulpius has sent us a package. <laughs> Open it, son. <laughs> okay. Ah, it's a lifelike statue. No, son. <laughs> Squish, squish. <laughs> oh. yeah. So, by this time, the Senate has heard of what's going on and declare the Severan family as a whole enemies of the state. That means kill on sight. Yes, kill on sight, get rid of them. Remember, they hate Caracalla. They don't want Caracalla's family back. <laughs> so, Julia Mesa then sets part two of the plan in motion with Ganes. Let's start fighting. So she speedily covers the ground to Antioch and sets up for battle. According to Dio, Ganes, by sheer luck, if you remember, set up his forces in a good position. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which I still think is just Dio being elitist. Possibly. So yeah. how could this man possibly know how to set up troops? He's not a senator. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Ganes does a good job. Despite this, Macrinus's men had the upper hand and Julius Mace's troops fled the battle. And this was Elagabalus's chance to shine. Oh, I remember this. He grabs his sword, he charges at the enemy on his own. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to run away, but he didn't control his horse. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. No! Please stop! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, however it happens, the troops are so embarrassed or encouraged that they rally and they attack Macrinus's troops once yeah. more, and Macrinus turns and runs in Brilliant. search for Hummus. Yes, it, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> this sort of horse makes sense if you listen to the last episode. <laughs> so, my partner came back with some hummus from the shop of the other day. Brilliant! And she had no idea why I was laughing so much. <laughs> Every time I've seen hummus this week, it's made me laugh. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, um, Julia Mesa convinces the remaining troops to go over to her side, so she's now got Macrinus's troops and the Third Legion. That was the, if you kill your 
bosses you get their position. That was when they killed the Praetorian Prefect oh, Opius, yes. Okay. But yeah, around the sort of time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, he's look, he's running away. Yeah, yeah. McQueen's his leg in it. He's running away. You don't want to follow him. Follow this small, effeminate thirteen-year-old <laughs> instead. Yay! All right. <laughs> is that a bag of gold? Yes, it is. <laughs> Would you like some? Yeah. Please. Oh, this is the battle where Jeff. Oh yeah, away. yeah. So we have just blindly skipped past Jeff's death there. So he's dying right now in the background. Whilst the sword through his very weak silver armor. Yeah. His metal. His gold sword bent to pieces. Yeah. It was uh, in his face, I believe. Oh, it was in his face? Ooh. Yeah, he got a sword in the face. Ooh. Yeah. So he's dying in the background yeah. whilst Elagabalus and his grandmother and mother and Ganys are running the troops. <laughs> just imagine Mum and Elagabalus just talking to the troops in the parrot and going, Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> Shut up now, Jeff. <laughs> Let it go. Pull it out. <laughs> Yeah. So, letters were then sent to Rome to inform the Senate that Elagabalus was now the emperor. Mm. And did they want to retract that whole enemy of the state thing? (laughs) The Senate did so. Good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, enemy of the state? Oh, no, no, that's not what we said, was it? No. No, it's a money of the... the, uh, Gate? Yeah. We need money for... A new gold gate for the emperor. Yeah, yeah. They're not buying it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Also, for good measure, they deified Caracalla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's some arm twisting, man. Oh, it? they must have hated that. He is going to be a god. <sighs> and they also deify Julia Domna. In return, oh. Julia Mesa announces that they will do no harm to the Senate when they get back to Rome. Really? Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> Comazon, yeah, that's the third legion commander, yes. was made Praetorian prefect, and Julia Mesa and Julia S were made Augusta. Of course. Yeah. This, the Senate hoped, would be enough to appease the Severan family, <laughs> who were now all packing up, getting ready to go back to Rome. Excellent. Yes. Meanwhile. Ooh. Pan over to Alexandria. Yes. How do you think they feel about this? Don't. They'd be annoyed. No say in it. They're quite a big presence there now. They're feeling a bit. Ooh, hang on. Or are they loving it? There's not many people in Alexandria at the moment. Oh, of do course. You why? <laughs> yes, I remember. Yes. They're not going to be happy, are they? They're not happy. The three people left are be really annoyed. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I say there are riots, but there are probably not enough people for a riot. <laughs> or an angry gathering. Someone just smashed his glass against the wall and stormed out. The other people just looked slightly awkward at each other. Yeah. yeah. No, um, nothing came from these riots in Alexandria, apart from the fact that more people died in Ooh. Alexandria. It's not going well for Alexandria. Finish the rest the of them off, yeah. yeah. Right, the emperor and his family spent the winter in Bithynia, so they're heading back, but slowly. Already problems were starting. Ganys, by this point, was living with Julia S. Yeah. Scandal. Scandal. And he was talking about marriage. Oh. Yeah. Perhaps Ganys took his role as a potential stepfather a little bit too far, however, because him and Elagabalus fall out. Oh, dear. Yeah. You don't want to do that. No. No. Elagabalus rushed at Ganys with a knife one day. Mm. Probably not trying to kill him, probably just... Teenage anger. Yeah. Ganys automatically drew his sword. Oh. 
You don't do that around an emperor. Not emperor, no. Not unless you're really quick. Gaze yeah. wasn't quick enough. He was cut down by the guards and died at oh. their feet. Do you think about the? Do you think the emperor was just, <laughs> was just um, staring horrible? Like, I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uncle. It's <laughs> just going to pass him the butter knife. <laughs> and a message on the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. By this point, the appearance of the Emperor was being openly talked about. Now, we've not mentioned this yet, so let's let's talk about the appearance of the Emperor. Elagabalus, as I've said, is a priest. Yes. Priests in Syria wore priestly clothes. Like robes and stuff. What the priests in Syria considered good traditional robes, yeah. Romans considered dresses. Ah. Yeah. Oh. So he was dressed in what was seen as a very effeminate way. It didn't help that he also put on makeup and fancied men. <laughs> it was very effeminate young boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some, oh, hi guys. <laughs> some people weren't too happy with no. that. No. Um, because. But the Senate wore robes. Yeah, they, Is they, it were, the they were good manly robes. Oh. Yeah. It's all about fashion, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So. Despite suggestions from Julia Mesa, Elagabalus only wore his silk clothes, his silk robes. Silk in particular was seen as feminine in Roman times. Men just didn't go near silk, pretty much like today, really. We don't get many silks, apart from your silk shirt you're wearing now. Well, apart from that, yeah. Yeah, very fetching. Thank you. So, Elagabalus' grandmother, realising the appearance of the young boy might shock some people in Rome, decided to come up with a plan. And that was to get a full-length painting of the boy and send it to Rome so they knew what to expect. Oh, dear. And then ordered it to be put up in the Senate House. Oh, dear. (laughs) So every morning, all the senators went into the Senate House, looked at this young boy that looked like a young girl, and when they had to pray, (laughs) they had to face this new image... They weren't too happy. No. It wasn't a great move for one walking. Oh, who's that attractive young woman? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's oh the boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, you could just imagine the fussy old men not liking this no. one. No. Back in my day, <laughs> emperors wore armour. <laughs> Strong armour. Yeah. That's Riddle pretty... with sword holes in it. To sum up, people are getting a bit nervous about the appearance of this new emperor. He's not the strapping young lad that they wanted and signed up for. (laughs) A couple of revolts break out, one of which is led by the 3rd Legion. That's the first Mm. legion that went over to its side. The revolt was so bad, the legion had to be completely disbanded. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) So we don't really know why it happened or the details, but assumedly the soldiers just weren't too happy with the way things were going, realised that everything was a bit up in the air and they thought they'd have a crack. Uh, But it doesn't work. No. Right. A man named Petus, at this point, was brought forward accused of attempting an uprising. Oh, dear. He was a senator, although not in Rome. He was in the region of Bithynia. Um, And he'd made coins with his own face on. Can you think of any reason why you'd make coins with your own face on? It's the same reason the other guy did it. Remember, he was a Praetorian guard. Yeah. During, oh... During Severus. Severus. Yeah. I know who you mean. Plautianus? Yes. So Platonus did it, didn't he? Yes, he did. I, and he did that because he was trying to get in there. Yeah. Well, according to Paetus, he was dragged before the Emperor and Julia Mesa, obviously, because she is in charge. 
accused of treason for minting his own currency. It was obvious he was going to try to be the emperor. He claimed that they were not coins, but they were tokens for his wife. And then the Empress... So they could remember what he looked like. Yeah, I'm sure that Julia Bates was saying, but you don't need 40 million of them. Well, he had an answer for that. Made of silver and gold. They, they, they pointed out that there were lots of them. He said they were also for his mistresses. <laughs> I'll let him off for that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you say, at that point, it's like, why are there different denominations? <laughs> yeah, and people are using... To, but look, I, I bought a chocolate bar there. <laughs> or Twix. Quite clear. It says denari on it. <laughs> it's quite clearly money. Yeah. So he he was executed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Elagabalus finally arrives in Rome in two nineteen. That's six years after Caracalla left. His son, because remember, everyone is told that this is Caracalla's son. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So his son gave a very different impression to the Romans mm. than Caracalla did when <laughs> leaving. Yeah. According to one source, Julia Mesa had failed to convince Elagabalus to change his dress, quite literally. Um, (laughs) And he wore what many people would have seen as woman's clothing. Right. Uh, However, other sources don't report this, so we're not really sure whether he entered Rome in that way or not. But um, I'd like to think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting side saddle. Yes. (laughs) Julia Mesa, true to her word, did not attack the Senate. She did leave them be. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, apart from one senator who got exiled, we don't know why. I'll let you make something up. Uh, do you think he did a... You know how they had the portrait up? He like got a pen and just did a crude moustache <laughs> or something. Filled in one of the teeth to look, he's lost a tooth. That kind of thing. First time they go into the Senate house, they just look up. Who is responsible? <laughs> no one says anything, but everyone just looks <laughs> at one senator. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was drunk. Yeah. I'm sorry. So he's exiled. <clears throat> See, at that time, I would have usually said that was Jeff, but Jeff's dead. I'm well, he's seen him Well, he's since recently joined the army. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's Not fine. in the Senate, though. No. No. Right, the reason why Julia Mesa was able to see this defaced painting mm. is because, <laughs> for the first time ever, women were allowed in the Senate. Ooh. Julia Mesa announces, <laughs> through Elagabalus, yeah. that um, it, will be, it will be all right, won't yeah. it? Yeah. Or uh, my mum and my grandmum to sit in on the Senate, wasn't so it? I remember it was um, it was Agrippina. Ah, well Nero's done, yes. Mom. But what was the difference? Uh, she was hidden. Yes, she She's had the to next sit. Room, didn't she, or... she was the woman behind the curtain. That was it, yeah. Yes, whereas uh, these two, Julia Mesa and Julia S, just yeah. fully in the Senate, allowed to take part. Sit in front row. Yeah, yeah. They All were the men just, just like edging away slightly. <laughs> well, you know how the Senate House isn't this curved thing that many people think of it being. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna, I, my head is a big rectangular room with not many chairs in. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, for some reason, we've got this image of um, the Senate being curved. Well, at least I certainly used to. I don't Bad design, want. wouldn't it? Well, it's the, the way the Senate House in America's modelled on. Uh, that curved building mm. and many other parliaments today. But actually, it was like, say, it was a rectangular room with bits raised on either side yeah. and the Senators would bring their old, own fold-up chairs and they'd sit either side. So I imagine Julia Mesa and Julia S on one side and all <laughs> the other senators squashed <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. yeah. A line. Yeah, so... Put the chalk away. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Defining moment in mm. Rome's history. Women in the Senate. As you can imagine, the more conservative of the senators, <laughs> i.e. all of them, were horrified by this. 
office. Yeah. Julia Mesa then arranges for her grandson to be married. She's thinking, oh dear, no one's liking the look of my grandson. I've got to do something here. So she arranges a marriage to Julia Cornelia Paula. She is an incredibly wealthy, upper-class lady. She's from the senatorial class. Marrying her will really help Ella Cabanas' image. Good with contacts as well, I guess. Yes, definitely. It's It's a good political marriage to make. The marriage was a huge affair. Alec Gabalas wore traditional purple toga. Ooh. Yes, this is a sign that Julia Mace is starting to control her grandson. Their feasts put on for the general population and the soldiers, and 51 tigers were killed in the Coliseum. That's just mean. Yeah. It's an odd number as well. Yeah. You get the impression they ordered 50, and there That's was an fair. offer on. Mr. Stabby. Oh, no, he's a lion. No, he's a lion. That's oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the 51st tiger was actually a Mr. Stabby. Shaved down <laughs> and painted stripes yeah. really badly. Don't know what luck. Put it in. Yeah. Use right. Caracalas is fine. At the age of 15, with his new sensible wife, <laughs> Julia Mesa hoped that she would be able to control the young emperor. Mm. Which, there we go. Rome is being ruled by a woman. Now, we um. go on to the rule of Elagabalus. To understand his rule, we need to understand his religion first. So let's talk yes. about the religion of Elagabal. Elagabal. Yes. He was far, far more concerned with being a priest of Elagabal than being the emperor of Rome. Oh, so he's very serious about it. Yes. He didn't dislike being the Roman emperor, as we'll see, but <laughs> he saw that as a bit of a laugh. Whereas <laughs> being a priest of Elagabal, that's serious business. You don't yes. mess with that. Right. Elagabal was a sun god, as, as we've mentioned. Sun gods were not unknown in Rome. Apollo, obviously, was worshipped there, who yep. wasn't a sun god, but had heavy connections to the sun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, loads of other sun cults. Some emperors minted coins with sun rays on their heads. Hmm. This crown of rays eventually became solidified into an actual object. Gold crown. Yes, that's where we get our gold crowns from. Ah. Yes. Yeah, it all comes from sun worship. Oh, wow. It's also where we get halos from. Yes, oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. quite cool. Yeah. yeah. Right. I've just learned something. Yeah. Okay, the biggest sun religion in yeah. Rome at the moment was Mithra. Mithra. Mithras. Mithras. Yes. Okay. Mithra came from Persia. Okay. Mithra's religion was based around the death and rebirth of the sun, because the sun would go down and die, and then it would come back up in the morning. It was reborn. Yes. Yeah. So worshippers believed that when you died, you would be reborn and you'd have an eternal reward after death. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So this was um, not common in religions back then, this idea of an eternal reward after death. Mm. Uh, So it was quite often picked up by soldiers. So soldiers followed the religion a lot because obviously they faced death every day. Yeah. Or boredom of digging trenches or <laughs> yeah. walls or whatever but yeah when they were battling they were facing death so they the idea of eternal reward was that seemed good to them so you get altars mm. to mithra appearing from britain all the way to the east where it came from yeah. all over the roman empire worshippers also believed in a judgment day yeah. according to some scholars they celebrated their main festival on the 25th of december <laughs> which was the birth of mithra this is interesting. Yeah, they ate bread and drank wine as part of their ceremonies. 
Did that represent anything? Yes, it did. It represented the blood and the body. Yes. Can was... you spot something? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing this wasn't copyrighted. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Copyrights reserved. They baptised in water. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Um, and they also believed that the sun would rise again to save them from their sin. Yeah. That That's... one is a just a language translation coincidence, that one. Yeah, but yeah, all yeah. the rest, obviously, the Christians at the time were not too happy with them. Because oh, they claim they stole all their good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we had this first. You know, that, that one's mine. That's ours. What, what are you doing? Yeah, apparently there was huge arguments back then over whose religion was oldest and where these customs Ooh. came from. The two religions did not get on at all. Oh. Despite the fact they were almost identical. As I understand, like early Christianity, they... There, it wasn't 25th of December. I could be wrong here, so I'm have to cut this out. But, uh, it, <laughs> no, it was more, it's more sort of spring, spring or summer when. Yeah, Jesus the, was the born. theory changed. The theory is that Jesus can't have been born on the 25th of December because of mentions of certain stars. Yeah. And the reason why 25th is chosen is because that was the end of Saturnalia. So people were used to celebrating then, so it got tacked on to that date. Okay. Which is also possibly why Mithra's celebration was tacked on to that date as well. Mm. Yes. Ooh. So, yeah. All very interesting. Later on, when Rome becomes Christian, which we'll cover in a few months' time, yep. that Mithra's religion was seen as a demonic mimicry of their own. So this is really where... Mithra fall apart. Now, the reason why I've been talking about Mithra, which is not Elagabalus, no, no, but it is a sun god. It's the main sun religion in Rome at the time. Right. Elagabalus was nothing like that. Oh. <laughs> if, if it was, then it would have been fine. People would have been able to go, oh yeah, we, we can take this on board. But it was really quite different. We don't know much about the worship of Elagabal, but the most important part of the faith seemed to be a conical black stone that fell from the sky. Right. Yeah. So, like a conical black meteorite or something? Just a... I didn't see that written down anywhere. No one even suggested it, but it seems to me that, yeah, it's a bit of meteorite fell from the sky and everyone started worshipping it. Oh, you would back then without any Oh, yeah, you wouldn't know what it is. <gasps> a gift from God. It was this special rock that fell from the sky that they worshipped. So, yeah, who knows? But this black stone was very important. Um, it was the centre of the religion, so much so that the stone came with Elagabalus to Rome. Right. So that stone is now in Rome. Yes. The religion consisted of men and women, whereas Mithra was mainly just men. Yeah. And unlike Mithra's focus on leading a good life, helping the poor, etc., etc., <laughs> yeah. yeah, read Christianity, we can assume that the religion of Elagabalus didn't focus on leading a good, virtuous life. Either that or Elagabalus was just rubbish. <laughs> As we will find out. Yay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a bit about religion in Rome okay. at the moment. So you kind of need to know that to understand where yeah, yeah. Elagabalus is coming from. Okay. Now, despite the difference in the religions, the common aspect of the sun being the centre of worship meant that some in Rome were willing to worship this new god that was being brought into the city. Yep. Elagabalus ordered a new temple be built on the Palatine Hill, which was finished in 220. Okay. The stone cone which I talked about, yeah. was placed in the temple and the boy emperor forced the senate to stand through a very long ceremony. <laughs> he did that a lot, apparently. Dio hated them. <laughs> really did. I can't believe he's still around. Yeah, yeah, he's still oh, going. We've, we've got him today and next week and then no more. 
Because Di- Di was around in Domitian. No, no, Commodus, sorry. Yes, we got first-hand witness account in the Commodus episode. Who was that? That was Dio, yes. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yeah, Commodus wasn't that long ago. No, it's true. So he builds his temple. Dio says this, The offence consisted not in his introducing a foreign god into Rome, or in his exalting him in very strange ways, but in placing him even before Jupiter himself, and causing himself to be voted his priest. Also, in his circumcising himself, and abstaining from swine's flesh, on the ground that his devotion would therefore be purer. Himself? I, as I'm assuming he got it done rather oh. than doing oh. it himself. Oh my goodness! Halfway through the ceremony. Yeah, we need a soldier to help. There's one. What's your name, Legionnaire? <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> You're new, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> hold this knife. <laughs> now hold this. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad didn't do this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So the main thing from that quote there is that. Elagabal, the god, yeah. is now being held as the highest god in Rome, Ooh. above even Jupiter. Yes, that was the noise the senators made, all as one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's Ooh. bad. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like this. Right. By this point, Elagabalus seems to have realised that he was the emperor and not his grandmother. He just realised, ah, actually. <laughs> Imagine him waking up one morning and just going, hang on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'm king of the world! This is great! (laughs) Yeah. So, he starts acting out. And we covered this in the Probium Crasium. How old is he now? Uh, Hang on, let me work it out. Uh, He's only... He's 17 in 2020. Yeah, yeah. He's he's still in his late teens. He decides that he doesn't want his prudent grandmother-endorsed wife anymore. Because he never wanted her anyway. So he divorces her. Okay. Yeah. Just out of the blue, like that. And then he decides he'd go and marry someone else. Who's the most sensible person to marry in Rome, he thinks? The chief Vestal Virgin. Okie dokie. I'll say that name again. The Vestal Virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Her name was Aquila Severa. No relation to the Severans, as far as I'm aware. So... Quick thing on the Vestals. They were selected from the most prestigious families. They took a vow of chastity that lasted 30 years. After this, they were actually free to marry if they wanted to. Right. Uh, but many didn't. They just carried on. Because by that point, it was all they knew. Oh, yeah. 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 The role of the Vestals was to keep favour with the gods and keep the eternal fire burning. Which sounds like a 90s pop song. <laughs> The vessels were so sacred that they also housed the wills for all of the Roman citizens in the empire. That's a handy thing to have here. They, yeah, they had a big room, obviously, for them to be yeah. kept in. Apparently, they the wills didn't count unless they were kept by the vestals. Wow. Copies from all over the empire would be sent to them because they were the only people who could be trusted. Yeah. Mm. They didn't have to give any oaths at all of their honesty because it was just assumed they'd be honest. So if they ever were called up to witness anything, they could skip that part. Mm. Um, they wore robes of pure white to show their innocence. And they were not, like, held up inside their um, their houses at all. They oh. could go out. So um, by this time, they'd often go to see the gladiatorial games and things. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you but... <laughs> Just this idea of his innocent slugging wine from yeah. a bar. <laughs> Come on! Rip his head off! <laughs> I want to see some guts! The rest of the crowd is looking at them. Look how innocent they are. They're so pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Right, marrying the chief festal was abhorrent to the people of Rome. This this was like the biggest taboo in the world. You just can't yeah. do it. If, as we've seen, if a vestal virgin breaks their vow, they're buried alive. Yes. Yeah, it was... Common to show then. Yeah, it was a serious thing. Elagabalus gets around this by saying that Elagabal, the god, who at this point he was working really hard at making sure he was seen as more important than Jupiter. Yeah. So the god Elagabal was going to get married to Vesta. Ah. Yeah, so the gods are going to get married, and the gods would look kindly if the two high priests also got married. Ah. Yes, to which everyone went, oh, that's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it didn't stop Elagabalus. He went no. through with it anyway. It is actually likely, looking at how serious he took his religion, that Elagabalus truly believed that only a Vestal Virgin was worthy of giving him children. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Apparently he said this, I did it in order that godlike children might spring from me, the high priest, and from her, the high priestess. So he said he he did this so a child would spring from him. Well, he needs a few body acids. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. Um, but yeah, so he clearly sees himself as the bringer of gods almost. Mm. He's, yeah, he's very devout, should we say that? Very. <laughs> very, yeah. Elagabalus then entered the Vestal Temple, forbidden place for men, takes out all the artifacts, and then takes them to his new temple. <laughs> People are not too pleased about this. No. Right, by this point, Julia Mesa's abandoned all hope yeah. for the grandson and thinks this, this is only a matter of time before there's a revolt and we're all killed in our beds. <laughs> yeah. So, she comes up with a plot. She wheels out that blackboard once again. The squeaky wheel. Yeah. <laughs> right, spends all night coming up with plots, ways to keep the power, to get rid of Elagabalus, but for her still to be in charge. So she's just she doesn't care about her son, then, does she? Grandson. Grandson. Um, not at this point, no. no. She turns to her other daughter, Julia M. We're going to call her. Yeah. Yeah. And if you remember, she has another grandson, doesn't she? Alexander. Alexander, who's now thirteen years old. Okay. Julia M. goes to Elgabalus and says, "You know what, L. That's what he called her. Yeah. You should really think about appointing a Caesar." Hmm. Yeah, and because you haven't got a child yet, I mean, you will be soon, obviously. But just, just in case, just in case the worst <laughs> happens, why, why don't you appoint Alexander Caesar? That way, it keeps it the family. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Hmm. Elagabalus goes, yeah, go on then. Okay. Yeah, right. At this point, Elagabalus divorces the Vestal Virgin. Oh, okay. this is possibly a sign that Julia Mace is starting to um get back on top of things again. Yeah. Yes. We don't know the details, but it would seem that his third wife is again engineered by Julia Mesa. Right. Perhaps realising he'd upset the population so much with his last wedding, he thought, Elagabalus thought that he'd take the advice of his grandmother, marry someone with connections to the Rome's upper class again. Okay. So this is a bit like his first wife. Oh. Or maybe he just saw someone he fancied and took her. We have no idea. All right. (laughs) Anna Faustina was her name. She was married to another man, but that man um, suffered an acute case of execution. (laughs) We we don't know why or when. So these are the possible explanations, and I'll let you decide. Condition where his head fell off. Yes, we don't know why. (laughs) So either Julia Mesa had him killed to clear way for a respectable wife for her grandson, or Elagabalus had him killed to free Faustina for himself, Mm -hmm. 
or he was genuinely committing treason, and during the trial, Elagabalus noticed the wife and went, oh, I'll have her. Hmm. So one of those happened. I like the first one. That seems I, more I realistic. Like, I, li- I like the idea of Julia Mesa pulling the strings. Yeah. yeah. The puppet master. So let's go for that. Yeah. Whichever way it was, anyway, they got married, and at the same time, the god, Elagabal, divorces Vesta. Oh. That's a shame, isn't it? And then married... Trouble in paradise. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then marries the goddess of Carthage. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's, where's Anna from? She's from Carthage, by any chance. Oh, no, no. She's just oh. a high Roman citizen. But yeah, that would be nice. The people of Carthage are overjoyed by this. Okay. Our goddess is getting married to the new head god of Rome until a letter arrived pointing out that the uh, dowry has not arrived yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Then all, all the all the people in Carthage just lined up in a line, shaking out their pockets. Yes. A big bag. Come on. <laughs> oh, we've got to pay the dowry. What? The dowry. For what? <laughs> For the wedding. <laughs> what wedding? I didn't see a wedding. <laughs> yeah, just in case the Carthaginians didn't get the point, the massive statue of the goddess is removed from Carthage and taken to Rome so okay. they can get married properly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it must have been a proud day for the Carthaginians. Oh. Yeah. Right, by 222, he was bored of Faustina, so divorces her. <laughs> yes. Again, this is possibly um, showing him trying to get away from his grandmother again. So he gets married again. Guess who? We've come across it before. The first woman? Not the first one. The Vestal Virgin again? Yeah, he gets married to the Vestal Virgin again. Just in case having one wedding to a Vestal Virgin wasn't offensive enough, he went for another one. The same one. Yes, the same Uh. one. Yeah. There was some suggestion that he had a couple more wives between these two, but there were no details that remain on that. So He's who knows? <laughs> yes, he is. Wow. Right. Julia Mesa seems to have lost complete control of her grandson by this point. He just goes on a bit of a party rampage, as we'll see later. Yay. Right. Julia Mesa and Julia S. also seemed a bit estranged at this point. Despite pulling away from his grandmother, Elagabalus would still listen to his mother. And again, the details are sketchy here, but we get the impression that Julia S. is just having fun being the Empress. Yeah. She takes more after her son than her mother. Mm. Yes. Historia Augusta says about Elagabalus. He was wholly under the control of his mother, so much so, in fact, that he did no public business without her consent, although she lived like a harlot and practised all manner of lewdness in the palace. Ooh. Yeah. In the palace. In the palace. During the Senate meetings. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Throughout everything I've been talking about since yeah. their first marriage, he also has got married to some other people. He first got married to a charioteer called Heracles. Now, this was his favourite. <laughs> Apparently, the emperor was watching a chariot race one day when one of the riders was thrown off the chariot. The young man got up unharmed and took off his helmet, and Elagabalus took one look at him and then ordered he be sent to the palace to wait for him. Ooh. He knows how to woo someone. <laughs> Heracles' wife and children sit in the front row. <laughs> I've just been called to the palace. Can't wait. It's been brilliant. I'll be back in a few years, <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So um, soon after that, they get married. Elagabalus plays the role of the woman in the marriage, and then he would demand that people refer to him as Heracles' wife. 
bit of Nero there, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. You, it's lots of dressing up and pretending to be a woman at this point. Okay. He also heard, around this time, a prophecy that he did not have long to live. Oh, dear. Yeah. Rather than panic, though, or get angry, he decided he'd go out with style. <laughs> he ordered silk ropes be made, along with golden swords. Probably got them off Jeff. So he could kill himself appropriately if the times demanded it. He also ordered a tower be built with a floor on the outside paved with gold and jewels so he could throw himself off the tower and land on this brilliant pavement. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> well, he'd obviously heard about what happens in ancient Roman times when you throw yourself out the window. You break your legs and you crawl and pain for three hours <laughs> yeah. until someone stabs you through the throat. Exactly. So he decided, no, I'm going to build a tower to make sure it works. Oh, okay. yeah. Right, due to Alexander's popularity with the Praetorians, I've jumped to Alexander here, yeah. so that's his cousin, yeah? Yeah. He's now Caesar. Yeah, he is. Yes. So due to his popularity with the Praetorians, Elagabalus starts to think that Alexander's plotting to overthrow him. Oh dear. Starts to get a little bit paranoid. So he decides to assassinate him. Aww. With poison or drowning. And both attempts failed. Maybe drowned him in poison. Maybe that would make sure it got the job <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He then went down to the Praetorian camp with Alexander to talk to the men. Because he knows that the men aren't happy. He's trying to sort things out at this point. They're in a very rebellious mood. And Elagabalus <laughs> must have sensed this. So he asks, what, what can I do for you, men? Aww. Praetorian guards. The Praetorian troops demand that he gets rid of all his favourites that followed him around so the tra chariot drivers, the actors just basically the people he had around him that were... just man up yeah, yeah, that's essentially <laughs> what they said <laughs> yeah, we want a leader a manly leader, not you <laughs> yeah so Elagabalus says, yeah, fine I'll do it oh, okay. yeah. and then one of them puts their hand up possibly Jeff oh, it's definitely Jeff Yeah, goes, but what about Heracles, you're going to get rid of him to which he replied, leave me this one man, leave me my Heracles, or kill me. What do you think the Praetorians do? I, I love the fact that they just run him through right there. <laughs> no, they don't <laughs> run him through. It's like, fair enough. <laughs> you did ask. So no. Fine, you can have this one yeah, they, man. They let him keep Heracles, and <laughs> Elagabalus leaves the Praetorian camp thinking, I've sorted it out, everyone's now happy. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hmm. The men were mollified, and Elagabalus returns to the palace. However, his paranoia soon returns. At the start of 222, Alexander and Elagabalus become joint consuls. Hmm. But it was tense. Ooh. By this point, Elagabalus hates his cousin, and he refused to join in the ceremonies in the day, and just went home instead. Hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and there's his mom and his grandmother trying to make him do oh, it. Please, mom. No going home, so he just storms off in a strop. Yeah, leaving Alexander just looking slightly bewildered. What? Is it something I said? <laughs> yeah. Within a couple of months, Elagabalus had had enough. He decides to strip his cousin of his title of Caesar and told the Praetorians that he was dead. It's a bit odd. Yeah, Why he did this wasn't. is unclear. We can only assume that he was testing the Praetorians' loyalty. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit odd. I mean, either kill Alexander or don't. But don't say you've done it when you've not. It's a bit weird. No. 
guess what happens when he says to the Praetorian Guards that he's killed Alexander? Are they really happy about it and chill out? No, no, they no. riot. Oh. They, they riot. So, Elagabalus goes with his mother and his grandmother and Alexander and Alexander's mother to the Praetorian camp. So, oh, it's only a joke, he's still alive. Yeah, look, he's right here. It's fine, I was just testing if you were loyal to me and you all failed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Mm. The guard were overjoyed to see that Alexander was still alive, but so much so that they completely ignored what the emperor was saying. Oh dear. So there they are in the middle of the camp and everyone's just gathered around Alexander giving him high fives. Yeah. There's Alexander in the corner going, Hello! You all failed my te. You failed. Hello! Has he loyalty here? <laughs> Listen! Yeah. At this point, Julia S and Julia M, so mm. the mothers of the two boys, start to argue. And it turns into a fight, which then escalates. Oh dear. (laughs) And Elagabalus is still stood at the side, shouting for everyone to listen to him and stamping his feet. Eventually, Elagabalus gets in such a huff that he shouts out that he was going to execute any soldier not paying him attention. That got their attention. But I'm guessing not in a way he would want. No, you can imagine everyone's arguing and fighting, and then he yeah. says, That's it, I'm going to execute you all. Just silence. <laughs> Everyone just turns and looks at him. And then just the just the shink, shink of swords <laughs> being removed. Um, yeah. You can't see me, I just hear it. And the ones in <laughs> the front gradually start pulling out their shink. Yeah. Sorry, sir, what did you say? <laughs> Nothing. Finally, Elagabalus realises that maybe this isn't a good situation to be in. No. So him and his mother run. Yeah. They run and run and run straight into a latrine. <laughs> they can't get out of the camp, but they find a latrine. They were discovered moments later. Of course they were. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest hiding place. Where do they go? Well, in there, we all saw them. Yes. Any other exits? The door's still swinging. No, it's the latrine. So they're still in there, yeah. Volunteers? <laughs> me, me, me. Jeff. Jeff, you're new. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, Dio. So he made an attempt to flee and would have got away somewhere by being placed in a chest. I'm not sure where this chest was. Mm. <laughs> Toilet chest. <laughs> Toilet chest. Yeah. Had he not been discovered and slain at the age of 18, his mother, who embraced him and clung tightly to him, perished with him. Their heads were cut off their bodies. After being stripped naked, were first dragged all over the city. Then the mother's body was cast aside somewhere or other, while his was thrown into the Tiber. Oh dear. And there we go. That is the end of Elagabalus. Oh, he has that much impact, has he? He's not really, has he? No. Yeah. Is that what you were expecting from him? I was expecting more crazy, but I'm I'm hoping we're gonna find out a little bit more. Well let, let's let's go into rating then, shall okay. we? Fightius Maximus. Okay. He won a battle. Did he? Brilliant. Yeah, the one we covered last week against Bacrinus. Oh, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> this wasn't his battle, this is his mum. Yeah, it, well, his grandmother. He's just, he was just happened to be on a horse that was running in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Credit goes to Julia Mesa and Gannis for this, definitely. But to give him credit, he did do that rallying of the troops, if that's indeed true. <laughs> yeah. Come on with me. Yeah. Who's with me? That's how he sounded in his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. So there's that. Okay. Bad. That's what he did. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. At one point, he did start to put some plans together to go and fight the Macromani, but that didn't lead anywhere. 
it was possibly just him hearing about Max Aurelius and how everyone loved him and wanted to emulate it. So, oh dear. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's Pythius Maximus. Right, one. Yeah, I'll give him one for that charge. Because that's two. Yeah, he doesn't see, He doesn't strike me as the fighting kind of emperor, I'll be honest. No, I think that was one of the major complaints against him. Yeah. Mm. Let's see if this next round is more his cup of tea. Approvium <laughs> crazium. Let's just quote from the Historia Augusta straight away. Concerning his life, many filthy anecdotes have been put into writing, but since they are not worthy of being recorded, I have thought I ought to relate only such deeds that illustrate his extravagance. So the Historia Augusta says there's lots of stories about how awful he was, mm. but I'm not going to just list them, it's not important. And then spends one of the longest chapters in the Historia Augusta listing them. Excellent. <laughs> Good old Historia Augusta. Yay. Yay. Let's do this. Some of these are backed up by Dio and other sources, but uh, a lot of them aren't. So no. we really can take a whole truckload of salt with these stories. That's okay. It's more fun that way. With that caveat at the start, yeah. let's jump straight into yes, it. Yes, okay. into the meat of the salt. <laughs> yes. My eyes. Let's start, let's start nice and small. He sold titles to anyone he liked. Okay. That enraged the Senate. So it was men he'd slept with were often rewarded with proconsulships and generalships. <laughs> Depending how large their title was, I guess, relates to... <laughs> how large their advantage was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Uh, he gave the Praetorian Prefecture to a dancer. And he put... <laughs> yeah. And he put a barber in charge of the grain supply. It was oh. just just people he met, and he liked the look of. Your haircut was fantastic. You, you ever looked after grain before? <laughs> no, 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 your lord. I'm a I'm a barber. I think you'd be great at looking after grain, sir. No, I'm thousands of surcies a month. Okay, I do it. I do it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, grains like hair. <laughs> Grain hair? How, how, how can this be? <laughs> Organising the food for a city of over a million? <laughs> Easy! <laughs> I yeah. once had four people at a time that I was cutting their hair. Four people! <laughs> I call it the day of four people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we did that. Oh. Yeah, um, and I'll quote here. And to other posts of distinction, he advanced men whose sole recommendation was the enormous size of their privates. Oh, really? Yeah, so you were spot on. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> you really were. He was a little bit obsessed with the size of people's advantages. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh. Yeah. Okay. He that ma- barber must have been very impressive, then. <laughs> yes, he must have been. Yeah. Um, he married a Vestal. Twice. We've already covered this, so I won't go into any more detail, but that would have been a biggie. Back yeah. Then. It really would have been possibly the worst thing he did. Right, Heracles... Mm. Yes. Briefly mentioned him, so let's go into a little bit more detail. As mentioned, they met after a chariot race. Elagabalus was infatuated with the man and would just take him anywhere. Historia Augusta says, And such was his passion for Heracles that he kissed him in a place which is indecent to mention, declaring (laughs) that he was celebrating the Festival of Flora. Um, (laughs) yes. Armpit? hope so. <laughs> yeah, he, he quite often do things like that in public, like John Senate meetings and stuff, and just make very over-the-top rude gestures across the room to him whilst in meetings. You can't see the gesture that Jamie's <laughs> just done, but I can assure you 
it was a rude one. What? I'm shocked, to be honest. Yeah. Shocked. Sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. They would often do what would now be considered role play. He would act out as if he was the wife and then would instruct Heracles to discover him in an act of infidelity. Oh. Yeah. Whereupon Heracles would grab Elagabalus, throw him into another room, beat him up, and then take him to the bedroom. Elagabalus the next day would proudly show off his bruises to the women of the court, telling them how jealous his husband gets. That's a bit... Bit bit odd. Bit odd. A little bit odd. They, they say that the more control... If you're in a position where you've got a lot of control, you do like to be more uh, submissive. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Heracles wasn't the only man in Elagabalus' life, however, oh. according to the Historia Augusta. At Rome, he did nothing but send out agents in search for those who had particularly large organs and bring them to the palace in order that he might enjoy their vigour. Lungs or something else. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also said that he built a bathhouse in the palace grounds for the sole reason that he could look out for said organs. He's a massive pervert as well. Yes. A big pervert. Yes. Right. One man with a particularly large advantage <laughs> caught the eye of the emperor. Yeah. Yeah. There's a story that Her- Heracles, worried about his position in court, slipped this young man a drug that, and I quote, abated the other's manly prowess. Abated? Yes. Anti-Viagra. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. So we hit... can do that with arsenic. <laughs> yeah, that would work. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely work. Nothing, nothing puts me off the mood <laughs> than a, a good bit of arsenic. Yeah. yeah, so Heracles has slipped this new young man with a large advantage something. The emperor was so disappointed that night and insulted by the lack of response from his new playmate that the young man was sent away and Heracles maintained his position. Ooh. The young man apparently hung around Rome. He, was, he wasn't from Rome. He just hung around Rome hoping the emperor would call him back for a while and then gave up. Oh. Yeah. I almost feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. When Elagabalus performed ceremonies, which something he did very regularly, he was very over the top and emotional. And he would dance and wail and perform. Apparently he danced everywhere. He was one of these people that you couldn't walk down the street. He had to skip down the street. Yeah, he was just very arty, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, um, you know, you have seen, you've seen Father Ted, haven't you? Yes. As a, a dancing priest in that he dances. <laughs> yes! He danced across the US. Yeah. It's yeah, maybe like it was that. like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um... This was not the Roman way of doing things. No. <laughs> Essentially, look, think of the Roman Empire as being like the British Empire. The Victorian British Empire. Yeah. Or manly moustaches and yeah. killing people. Y- your religious ceremonies were meant to just be get them done, get them over. Solemn. Solemn. And then off you go. And then here's this young Syrian boy dressed up like a girl, dancing around and weeping for <laughs> hours and hours that apparently they lasted forever. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, you get the old Methodist churches that are very light, that are very solemn, very serious. Then you get the um, evangelical churches with lots of flowers and flags and singing bright jumpers. And... Yeah, funny you should say that. That's exactly the image I got in my head when doing the research. Yeah. It would be a bit like that. Yeah. Still same religion, but very different ways of worshipping. Mm. 
So this is Dio talking about his worship of Elagabalus, the god. I will not describe the secret sacrifices that he offered to him, slaying boys and using charms. In fact, actually shutting up alive in the god's temple a lion, a monkey, and a snake, and throwing in among them human genitals, and practicing other unholy rites, while he in invariably wore innumerable amulets. Oh. So the suggestion there that he... Performed human sacrifices. Yeah, with young boys. With young boys. And he um, acquired genitals from somewhere to throw at a monkey, a lion, and a snake. Now, usually, Dio's quite reliable. Yeah. He's one of the more reliable sources. This isn't a story, Augusta. This is Dio. Oh, dear. It does sound unlikely, though, that human sacrifice went on. But mm. who knows? Yeah. Historia Augusta says this, When he entered upon his consulship, he threw presents to the populace to be scrambled for. So, you know how like, throw coins to the yeah. people. Yeah. My eye! <laughs> no mere pieces of silver and gold, however, or confectionery, or little animals, but fatted cattle and camels and asses and slaves. That's a hell of a throw. Yep, declaring that this was an imperial custom. So he'd heard that throwing gifts to the crowd was what he was supposed to do, so he thought it would be funny to throw huge gifts. <laughs> Don't know how he did this. <laughs> but apparently, like catapult. Yeah, apparently he, he catapulted large cattle at people. And slaves <laughs> and as well. And slaves. It's like, you first. No, you go first. <laughs> yeah. He tried to kill his cousin, like I said, so again, Historia Augusta here. Leaving his mother, grandmother and cousin in the palace, he himself withdrew to the gardens on the ground that he was forming designs against some new youth. <laughs> Just going for a walk to go and chat up someone. <laughs> and there he issued an order to slay Alexander, a most excellent man and one of whom the state had need. He sent furthermore to Alexander's guardians, ordering them, if they hoped for rewards and distinction, to kill him in any way they wished, either in his bath or by poison or with the sword. But evil men can accomplish nothing against the upright, for no power could induce any to commit so great a crime. Mm. Yeah. So he, he was trying to kill his cousin off. Yeah. And he failed. Oh. Yeah. Okay. When watching a play... Oh, there's more. Oh, yeah, there's more. We're about halfway. <laughs> I seem to remember saying that for Caligula, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. Yeah. When watching a play that had a sex scene in it, he ordered that the scene be done properly. Oh. Yeah, you could probably guess what that means. Yeah. Yeah. The actors knew each other very well by the end. Yes, <laughs> they did. Yeah. He also ordered a sea battle be recreated on the circus canals. Nothing crazy about that, you say. That's what the circus canals are for. There's nothing crazy about that. That's what the circus canals are for. Exactly. But instead of water, the canal was filled with wine. What a waste. What a waste. Yes. One morning, he went to the games early and let loose hundreds of snakes. There was chaos. <laughs> yes, there would be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were, the, were the fans sitting or in the centre? No, in the stands. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he spent ages collecting them and then just let them off. That, oh. Yeah, just to see what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> One summer's evening, he fancied playing in the snow. What? Yeah. So he ordered that there be snow in his garden. This was done. How? We have no idea how long it took or how many men, but snow was found 
presumably up the mountains, transported back to the palace and put in his garden so he really could have a quickly. play in the snow. I'm guessing it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> Make it snow outside, and then he just stood there for a week. <laughs> so after playing in the snow for a while, probably not long, in the middle of summer, it probably melted within <laughs> half an hour, <laughs> he ordered that his slaves collect spiderwebs. Now, the I did some very rough research and changing of units of measure and figured out that this is roughly the equivalent of 329 kilograms of spiderwebs. Of spiderwebs. Oh my goodness. That is as much as a large bear or a small moose. That's a lot of spiderwebs. It's a lot of spiderwebs. Why? Just because he could. He was the emperor, so he could make that happen. Apparently what he said when that much was finally put together was Look how big Rome is to have so many spider webs. Oh, what? if you were that person collecting things. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not even a thank you? Say that, I think it was just one very clever slave who just trained a spider. Oh, spider farm. Yeah. Go, little spider, go! <laughs> go, little tiny whip. Yeah, <laughs> got a busy day. I knew this day would come. He loved the games. He was a green supporter. We really do need to put a list mm. together of who supported what team. Yeah, he was a Greens, but who else supported the Greens? Either Caracalla or Getter. I can't remember which one. It's the Blues and the Greens, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Caracalla was Blues. Was he? So Getter supported the Greens. I can't remember who Caligula supported. Commodus supported. He made his own team. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. See? I'll listen. Oh, no, that was Commodus. Damn it. No, no. No, wasn't it? It was Domitian. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. He was a green supporter. Uh, horses were a little bit boring, however, so he ordered races involving dogs, stags, tigers, and lions. As in pulling the chariot? Yes. Being pulled by dogs, stags, lions. And tigers. And tigers. Yeah. He also, um, one day, was pulled around the stadium by four naked women. He was naked himself. Let's hope that was not the same day as the Tigers. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Messy. <laughs> yeah. There's some suggestion that he wanted to be a woman. As Dio well. says... <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot of suggestion, yeah. No, but I mean, not just act up as a woman, yeah. actually be a woman. As Dio says, he had planned indeed to cut off his genitals altogether, but the desire was prompted solely by his effeminacy, as opposed to his religious... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He asked the physicians to contrive a woman's vagina into his body by means of an incision, promising them large sums to do so. Yeah. No one volunteered for that job. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Someone really needs to point out that it's a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. We can kind of do it now, barely. <laughs> Yeah, back then it would have been 2, tricky. 2,000 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> it would have just been a, a, a mess. Non, a non-rusty dagger. That was as far as they probably Right, A dagger and a spoon. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we now go to a new subsection in this round called Elagabalus' Dinner Party. Dinner Party! Yeah. <laughs> so many of them had a dinner party theme. I've lumped them all together. So, here were his dinner-time japes. Oh, dear. <laughs> he would only eat the best and most expensive of everything. So he'd eat flamingo brains, partridge eggs, thrush brains, the head of parrots, pheasants, and peacocks. 
His banquets were said to be even more lavish than Vitellius's. Wow. Yeah. Not all the food was good, however. He would sometimes put lifelike wax food in with the food to trick his guests. That's not fair. <laughs> That's cruel. Ow. Yeah, he'd also apparently sometimes put out images of food and just place them in front of his guests, and they had to just look at the image whilst he ate himself. Yeah. Uh, Historia Augusta here. At his banquets, he would also distribute chances inscribed on spoons. The chance of one person reading ten camels, or of another ten flies, of another ten pounds of gold, another ten pounds of lead, another ten ostriches, and another ten hennicks. So that they were chances indeed, and men tried their luck. So he'd serve out the cutlery, and inscribed on the spoons were rewards oh. and prizes, and whatever spoon you got, you got. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's nice, isn't it? I'd be happy with most of those things. Yeah, yes. It was all right. Some are better than others. Ten yeah. flies, bit rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't just do this in his dinner parties, though. He did this at the games with the general public. Oh. Okay. He, he'd do lotteries. Prizes included in his lotteries to the general public. Ten lettuces, a hundred coins, a pound of beef, ten bears, ten Ooh. mice, ten pounds of gold, ten pounds of lead, and a dead dog. Oh, <laughs> yes. a dead dog. I'd like to think that you were forced to take the prize there and then. You had to have it no yeah. matter what. Well done, you've won a dead dog. Oh, thanks. Could be worse, I suppose. You look over at the guy who's just won ten bears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. What, what do I do with them? <laughs> Feed them. Feed them now. <laughs> Feed them quickly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the people loved this. This was one of the things that they did love him for. Mm. He, they loved his games and the fact he'd give away prizes. Yeah. Okay, Historia Augustus says, Some of his humbler friends, he would sit on air pillows instead of cushions and let out the air when they were dining. Oh. So that often the diners were suddenly found under the table. That is amazing. He invented the first whoopee cushions. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yes. But there were massive ones that would tip people onto the floor. That's fantastic. Apparently... Ah, my emperor. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Person just ends up sat on the floor, sprawled up on the floor. <laughs> the emperor just goes, oh dear. How embarrassing for you. Apparently the, these were quite elaborate. They started off just quite simply, but then he'd have a whole semicircular seating arrangements made and the whole thing was an air cushion oh. so he could just release an entire group of people onto the floor in one go Brilliant. yeah that's quite funny actually yeah one joke of his was to invite eight men to dinner okay so far yeah all eight men would have a certain characteristic however so one night he'd invite eight men with one eye <laughs> the next day all the men would be bald or the next day everyone would be slightly deaf pardon or <laughs> or overweight and then he'd just sit and watch to see how long it took them to notice that they'd all been invited because of this one thing That's quite funny. and see see how uncomfortable they got I love the idea of the hard of hearing night though. <laughs> <laughs> pass pass the sugar what? hey? who? <laughs> hey, it's half past four <laughs> what? <laughs> where's he gone? who? <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a good evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Among his pets, he had lions and leopards. Yeah, the snarl. Yes. So, Mr. Stabby, I'd like to think. Oh, it's back He's again. adopted Mr. Stabby. Yeah. So, I'll quote 
which had been rendered harmless and trained by tamers, and these he would suddenly order during the dessert and after dessert to get up on the couches, thereby causing enormous panic, for none knew that the beasts were tame. So just halfway through the dinner, he just let the lions out and just see everyone panic. The toothless lions. Yeah. <laughs> it's a further story that he'd wait till someone fell asleep due to over-drinking. Yeah. And then put them into a bedroom and lock them in with one of his harmless lions. Ooh. So this poor man would wake up with a hangover and a lion. <laughs> oh. You'd get out of that hangover very quickly, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, according to the Historia Augusta, some people died out of shock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, quoting again. Once he gave a banquet in which one course was served in the house of each guest. And although one lived on the Capitoline Hill, one on the Palatine, and one beyond the Rampart, and one on the Calian Hill, and one across the Tiber, nevertheless each course was served in order and in one of those houses. And they <laughs> went about to the homes of all. It was difficult, therefore, to finish the banquet within a whole day, especially as between the courses they bathed and dallied with women. Ooh. That's a pub crawl. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. So there you go. That, that was his dinner time japes. Right. That's his insane. His good sane. Even as the Historia Augusta itself points out. Some, if not most of this, will just be lies. Yeah. And this is the only time I can remember the Historia Augusta admitting this. It says, <laughs> However, these and some other things which surpass credence I believe to have been fabricated by those who wished to vilify Elagabalus in order to curry favour with Alexander. It takes a lot for the Historia Augusta to admit that some of these things were made up. Yeah, he used to yeah. fly on unicorns. That <laughs> may not be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, the other good same thing, he took his religion very seriously. So yeah. it's quite sane there. So there you go, that's what I've got for his his probium crasium. There's a lot of crasium. <laughs> there is, but if you actually stop and look at it, a lot of it is his gender identity being a huge problem to the conservative Romans. That's true. And the rest is him doing practical jokes at dinner time. That's very true. But he was a bit obsessed with the old the old the old advantage, advantage. though, wasn't he? Yeah. So, but, but I mean, he's he's a great he's a teenager at this point, isn't he? Yeah, we were all obsessed with advantages as teenagers, yeah. surely. Yeah. Whether your own or someone else's. So, yeah. Um, I mean, are we judging this on modern perspectives? No. And yes, I don't know. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I I'm I'm going to say I, I was surprised. I was expecting a Commodus, a Caligula. I've heard a lot about him, but mm. where's the death? Where's the brutality? Where's the being horrible no, to people? There's nothing in there. He actually comes across as slightly immature, but he is in his early teens. Yeah. Well, late teens. Sex-starved transvestite. He didn't sound starved at all to me. Well, no, that's a good point. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah, okay, sex-obsessed transvestite who was allowed to do whatever he wanted. So did. Mm. It doesn't actually seem that crazy. Not really. I mean, there's a lot considering of s- the stories. It seems silly, a lot of it. Yeah, it seems silly. I mean, I still think he deserves relatively high points. Oh yeah, because for the time, it would have been just absolutely awful, according mm. to the Senate and the people of Rome. Yeah, they they would have been horrified. But I yeah, I, I was thinking we we're going to have another approaching four marks. I'm not mm. convinced anymore. I'm going to go for seven. Yeah, I might go for seven no, as well. Hard. Okay. Seven. A total of 14. I, I actually quite like some of his jokes. 
Yeah, the Whoopi Cushion one's brilliant. Yeah, I'd go to his dinner parties. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to get the Ten Bears. No, no, that was in the games. You didn't do that in the dinner parties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the missions dinner parties. Nope. You certainly wouldn't take your partners, no. Yeah. Oh, no, you wouldn't take your partner to Caligula's, would you? Or Commodus's. Or, or Cabotella's. Well, said you get fed well, yes. Yeah, that's true. Unless he invited himself around yeah. to your house. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree with that summation. Yeah, okay then, so that is 14 for Probium Crasium. Successes Ultimus! How successful was he? I'll let you talk first. Not really. Yeah, that's what I've got in my notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't really think of any successes he had. We didn't, I mean, the only success we can talk about is the battle. As in, they got him into power. But he was controlled by his mum. He didn't really do it. He built a new temple. He changed the religion. Was that successful? Probably uh, not. Not really, because it also brought about his downfall. Because mm. no one wanted that to happen. That's true. He didn't really get people on his side, did he? No, not at all. He spent his time playing around. I bet Julianus' friends would have loved him, though. <laughs> They're probably egging him on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, he's really not. I mean, for good, I've just written not much. For bad, the Empire ran, but not because of him. Yeah. It's it's because of Julia Mesa. Now, if we were doing Julia Mesa, then I'd be tempted to give her some points. Mm. But we're not. No. (laughs) We're doing Alcabalus. I... See, there's nothing that you've told me that's successful for the Empire or for Rome. True, but I don't want to give him one, um, zero. But what's he done? I'll give you a point. The ones we've given zero have destroyed the Empire. He's not. I think he deserves points for just having the Empire tick along under his It wasn't him. No, but Commodus definitely deserved to score lower than him. Okay. Commodus took a good Empire yeah. and destroyed it. Okay. Well, if you give him one, I'll give him nothing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so he gets one for success as Ultimus. Imago Facius. Okay, Imago Facius. Oh, brilliant. What do you think he looks like? Young. Yeah. Uh, slender. Yeah. Delicate looking, maybe. Yeah. I'm quite excited. I've been excited for weeks about this one. He's not like a butch guy with a massive beard, <laughs> is he? <laughs> he would love that. He's elegant <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Do you like my silk robes? <laughs> Do I look pretty? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> I would love that. No, there's another reason why I was very excited when I saw this about a month ago. Uh, right, I have no description of him apart from the ones I've already given, so I won't repeat those. So are you ready? Oh, actually, sorry, you're drawing. So what have you gone for? All right, it's falling out. It looks a bit... No. That's a bit like Lurch. <laughs> it does. That wasn't my, my idea. No, okay, well, you, you've given up on your drawing yeah. this week. All right, here you go. There he is. Oh! What do you notice? Oh, there's a Tash! A massive sideburns! He has sideburns and a moustache. We have our first mustachioed emperor. <laughs> yeah, they've got our first 70s emperor. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's phenomenal. <laughs> Explains the flowery dresses and the shirts. Yes! <laughs> He was just a hippie. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so he's got a very young face. Um, like, very... He does look very young in that. He does. Um, kind of wavy hair, massive, proper 70s sideburns. And <laughs> a tash. Yeah, and nothing on the chin at all. Not even a no. bit of fuzz. 
That is a real tash. And not a hipster tash. A real moustache. <laughs> yeah, there's no twirly ends, although twirly oh. ends would have been amazing in Roman times. Yeah. Yeah, but no, no twirly ends. It's just a, a straight-up moustache sideburns. Yeah. So there you go, and looking young. That's fantastic. Yeah. Also, imagine he's quite often wearing makeup. I can only assume a moustache wasn't seen as a hugely masculine thing back then, and you could get away with looking feminine with a moustache. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, there you go. He's got his tash. That's brilliant. So he's getting points for that and that. Oh one. yeah, that that he needs. <laughs> I've not been this excited since discovering Nero had a mullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um yeah, um, so he doesn't look like an emperor at all. <laughs> In any way, shape, or form. He's not an MP you'd follow, but he's getting a couple of points for the Tash and the sideburns. Oh, yeah. What, what are you going to go for, then? <laughs> that, that was just if you didn't, If you didn't, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to say three. Um, I can only give him three points just for the Tash and the sideburns. That's three points just for them. One each and an extra, because they work together. Oh, I'm, go- I'm going for six. You're going I, for six? I love the moustache. Wow. That's, he doesn't look impressive, though, at all. No, but... This round is, does he look like an emperor? No. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Does he look like what you think he should look like? And I think he fits well, yeah. that story that we've just told quite well. Maybe. With the added bonus that he has a moustache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so that is a total of nine, which we will put through. Our spreadsheet gives him 2.25. It's not bad. That's not bad, right? Temple completed. How long do you think he lasted? Ooh, um, not very long. Well, um, hang on. You died at 18, didn't you? Yeah. He became emperor at 14, so four years. Well done. That's good, good maths there. I, <laughs> I was listening to one of our old episodes. Oh dear. <laughs> for, for some reason, I can't remember why. I think I was so great. Yeah, I, I <laughs> think I was trying to remember if we'd done something, and um, it was a bit towards the end. And I was really impressed that you managed to get how long he reigned spot on. It only occurred to me then. It's like, well, I had given you all the dates all the way through. Maybe <laughs> oh, was it less... the six-year thing? Because that was a guess. That was honestly a random guess. Yes, yes, it was that. <laughs> I, I didn't look at the date. I just pulled yeah. it out of nothing. Okay. Well, it's seven years anyway, wasn't it? So <laughs> This week, you got it right, though. Yes! How done. It is four years. <laughs> four years, which we put through our... Very complicated equation equals 0.5. Ooh. Yeah. A very complicated equation does equal divide by 8. All right. Which, it's just odd. Because, honestly, it was a complicated equation you worked yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, so that's 0.5 for Tempo Completo, which gives him a score. Hmm. Yes. He is in just... The Teens Club. Oh. He got 19.75. That puts him in the Teens Club with just Macrinus. Oh. Yeah. Everyone Ooh, else has... Predecessor. Yeah, everyone else has hit the 20s or Getta and Julianus were below <laughs> 10. Yeah. So, 19.75. Oh, but we've got a question now. We have got a question. Does he have it? Do they have a certain je ne sais Probably caught something, yeah. He probably did. Um, I don't know. It's a tricky one this week. Mm, so I enjoy him. I, and he is. He is known. People know him. Yet yeah, you knew him. Yeah. I mean, he's not up there with Nero. I don't think or no. Augustus. But but then being well known doesn't mean they should definitely get it. No. Definitely Nero not. didn't. No. Nero was just a big whiny. Yeah, he was whiny. He wasn't that Drama great. Queen. We'll, we'll we'll do the devil's advocate thing, I guess. 
are reasons why he could probably have it. He was very young. He had a good time. He was... He didn't care what people thought, apparently. Yeah, he had a sense of humour. Good sense of humour. Debatable whether it was a good sense of humour, but... It was a sense of humour. It was a safe... He obviously found those jokes funny. He's the youngest to die. I might have found those jokes funny. Youngest to die and youngest emperor. Yeah, okay, so he's got those things going for him. Um, Why shouldn't he have it? He wasn't as crazy as I thought he was going to be. No, I was hoping he'd be a bit more mad. I, I think if we were really prudish, we'd be a bit more shocked by him. If we were senators Ooh. in Roman times, he'd possibly be literally the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah. But in our modern eyes, it's definitely less... Mm. We quite often say he's got to excel in something. What does he excel in? He excels at the craziness. Yeah. And I think he excels in his past, way past average, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but d- does he excel enough? I mean, he's certainly no Caracalla or Caligula or Domitian. Commodus. Or Commodus. Um, I don't know. I'm honestly not feeling it, to be honest. Are you not? I was about to suggest the coin, because I honestly can't decide. Should we do the coin anyway? Let, let Jupiter oh. decide. Jupiter's going to say no. Or Elagabala. Elagable. Elagable. Well, he's he's usually, God. Yeah, but, well, he'll say yes. It's biased. The gods are biased. But we'll see. Now, most of the time, this always lands on lions, so maybe I've waited the wrong way. <laughs> he has. You looked again. You always I, do. I know, I know. So I like to keep you in suspense. You keep me in suspense the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay, um... What, do you want me to guess which one it is? It doesn't really matter. Cause... Are you just building up the suspense? Yeah, building suspense. Okay, so he does not, not. have Gene Caesar. That is a line there. He's being fed. Jamie's hand. Ah, I think that's possibly fair. Yeah. I'm not too I upset about him. Yeah, okay. Well, so that is no Gene Caesar this week. I'll put that in the spreadsheet. So who do you think is going to be next? Alexander. Yes, you sort of that... suggested that with something you said. Yeah, and also I've got the spreadsheet with Alexander oh, yeah. right in front of me. So it's Alexander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is Alexander next. And he is, I don't want to give too much away, but he is the last Severan. Okay. And then we finally made it. We have hit the crisis. Ooh! Oh, so that's not a good thing though, is it? It does mean <laughs> the, the crisis hits at the same time as our sources start running out. All right. So they I, all died. Yeah. yeah. Um, our episodes may become shorter. If they're too short, we might do double episodes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've still not decided. But to give you some perspective, we are on episode 25. So episode 26 hmm. will be the end of the first section. Then the crisis hits. And the crisis ends in episode 49. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we've got as many episodes to go as we've already done. We have covered, so far, 240-odd years. Oh, wow. The crisis lasts about 50 years. (laughs) And we have the same amount of emperors to cover. Oh, dear. (laughs) Hence the name The Crisis. Yes, I'm guessing you didn't go very well. Um, But it is an interesting period of of Roman history, which isn't very well known because it's not as popular as the start or the end. No. Yeah. So I'll look forward to starting to research that. Yeah. But a lot of people seem to talk about it and always um, on uh, Scott Rowland's Facebook group, a lot of people talk about the price of the third century and they were talking about, you know, the worst emperor. A lot of people put uh, Caracalla because he started it. That's what 
a lot of people are saying. That's my knowledge of it anyway. Oh, interesting. So I'm guessing it's something to do with money and the army and mess. It is definitely to do with mess. Yeah. yeah. But we're, we're jump into that, but not yeah. just yet. We've got one more to right. go, and that is Alexander, who's only 13 at the moment. All right. Anyway, we've waffled on at the end enough. We should probably say our thank yous. Yeah. So thank you to all those people who have left comments and reviews. Thank you to the Facebook groups that support us. And Scott Rowland as well, have given lots of information out. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, thank you to the Rex Factor, obviously. Break um, podcast as well. Been doing some work with them recently. Ooh. Oh, yes. Have you? Oh, yes. Are you allowed to say... No, if um, um, you are fans <laughs> of Rex Factor and you've come across Project Zeus, <laughs> oh yes, let's just say I know what Project Zeus is. <gasps> I'm just bragging now because no yeah. one else knows. Aww. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you to them as ever. Um, and yeah, visit our Podbean site, um, but more importantly, visit our WordPress site. It's really coming along now. Yeah, you've done really well with that. Um, lots of good stuff on there as well. Also, you're creating your fantastic maps of Rome. Yes, on the WordPress site, you will see. I, I foolishly started a new project. I don't have time to do this. I really <laughs> don't. You've done well. So I've far. been on holiday for a week. That's why I've been able to start. Mm. Um, I'm don't know. This will probably take longer to complete than the podcast will do. But I'm attempting to recreate the entirety of Rome as a 3D computer model. I'm in the process of trying to figure out how tall the aqueducts were to get them to scale. Ooh. Oh, it's a nightmare. I can't find anywhere. I can get some measurements, but they're clearly not right. Yeah. But I have the forum done. I have the Imperial yeah. forums done. The Colossus done. You have all the stuff that everyone knows done. Yeah, I've got a bit in the middle done. I'm going to make the Colosseum at some point. Oh, wow. That'll be good. So, yeah, go and check the 3D um, map of Rome out. There's some images on the WordPress site. And check Jamie's blog out. He's written about Nero and Otho. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but now you need to. <laughs> He's boring. <laughs> no, okay. I, I'm, uh, I'm, my plan is to write one before. Maybe just as this podcast comes out, I'm going to probably oh, write right, one. Okay. Maybe Caligula, because he's oh, my okay. favourite. You'll just go for the crazy ones, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so check out that. And, um, yeah, send us messages. And um, tune in next week Yeah. for more Totalis Ranking. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm, I'm here for the job. Ah, for Elega Ballas's Financial Minister, yes. Financial Minister, of course, yes. Yeah, so I, I handed him my CV. Has he read it? He, he was definitely on his desk last time I saw it, so he, he's, he's more interested in the, uh, the, 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 the physical elements of the role. Oh, like the counting? Uh, you're probably doing some counting, yes, yes. Would you like some food? Um, I... I'm not really. Are you hungry. sure? We've got some. We've got some uh, uh, lettuce here. We've got some uh, anchovies if you'd like as well. We've got a fantastic array of sausages you to try. Oh, they're very big sausages. They're massive. Oh, does the emperor like big sausage? I will say the emperor highly appreciates a large sausage. Oh, that's that's interesting to know. Do you hey, like sausage? Oh, oh yes. Uh, what are those little ones called? 
Oh, the chipolatas. Yes, yes. Oh, we, th- we throw them away. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're no use here. Oh, that's very interesting. Any other tips you can give me? What, what, what does the emperor look for in an employee? Well, he always likes... You know, the people always trying to get to the top. They like to get on top of their role. Oh, right, okay. So they got for that, they need a large advantage. Okay, large advantage. Do you have a large advantage? I, 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 don't, th- I don't think so, no. You, oh, okay. No. Well, uh, are we ready to go in? Yeah, yes, I, I, well, I've just got a few pre-questions to ask you first, if you don't mind. Oh, um, of course. So the first one, in my right hand, I have a cucumber. Can you see? Y- yes. In my left hand, I'm holding a marrow. Yes? Yes. Which one do you relate to most? I, I, I'm not really sure what you're asking me. If you could choose for the cucumber or marrow, you've had a long day, you just want a bit of fun, which one would you choose? I, I, I'm sorry, I have no idea. The, the, fine, um, the, 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 the cucumber. The cu- oh, I'm sorry, I don't think the Emperor would be interested in but, seeing oh. you. Would it help if I told you I had a massive penis? How are we going to pronounce it? So I feel it's going to change the episode. Probably well. I've been saying in my head... Mm. Elagabalus. Elagabalus. Yeah. Which has changed several times in my head since yeah. starting. Okay. Should, should we stick to that? Elagabalus, yeah. And um, should we talk not about... Not Elagabalus. No, not Elagabalus. That's what I've been saying in my head. Not Elagabalus, Elagabalus, Elagabalus. Not that. So it's Elagabalus. Elagab... <laughs> or Elagabalus, which some people say. What was it originally? Or El Agab Alus. El Agabalus. Or Bassianus. <laughs> Not that anyone called him that. No. Because he changed his... Uh, no. <laughs> Elagabalus. Elagabalus. You sure? Elagabalus. Okay. That's what we're going to go Ella. for. That's right, Ella. Okay. He is just L in my notes for the rest of it. Elagabalus. 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 <laughs> okay. Is recording? Yeah. Elagabalus. 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 Bassianus. You choose which one you say the most. <laughs>